You must be at least 18 years of age to listen to the following podcast. This Endorphin High edition of Sexual Heroes can be found in the library at Endorphin High School of BDSM. Visit the school and library at endorphinhigh.org. I am Robert Black, and you are listening to Sexual Heroes. Joe Gallagher is a Philadelphia native. He lived in New York from 1987 to 1998. He had the honor of representing New York City as Mr. Leather New York, and then winning International Mr. Leather in 1996. He is a sex-positive proponent of exploring our personal potential through SM. Using his year as IML to focus on the issues of sex and SM, he spoke across the U.S. and Canada on the importance of being out to ourselves and to our fellows about who we are and what turns us on. Rather than neutering himself to be politically correct, he focused on a healthy combination of activism for sexual freedom and a realism and appreciation of the transformational power of SM. Joe was the first IML to come out as HIV positive. Joe has lived in San Francisco since 1998. He became a barber in 2002 after attending Moeller Barber College in Oakland and opened Joe's Barbershop in the San Francisco's Castro in 2004. He lives in a small loft, basically a dungeon, in the Mission District. He is grateful that it has enough room for him to throw a whip. He is an associate of the Chicago Hellfire Club. While he lived in New York City, he was a board member of Gay Male SM Activists, GMSMA, from 1996 to 1998. He has appeared in four videos, two SM videos for Zeus, a video for Catalina, and a fourth video that was so bad he tries to never talk about it. Joe Gallagher, thank you for being on Sexual Heroes today. Oh my God, thank you, Robert. What an honor. (laughs) We met... Over two decades ago at well, well over, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Well over, but okay. Over two decades ago at Inferno and our paths have crossed quite a few times over the years. And the first thing I'm going to share with you is that every time I get near you, I get, <laughs> I get overcome with fear and intimidation. That might be healthy. <laughs> I, I mean that in the sexiest way possible. In the Zeus, in the Zeus boy way. Yes, in the Zeus boy way. Um, do you hear that from anybody else? Has anybody ever said yes, that? A lot of time. Yeah, <laughs> it gets in my way a lot. Like, there's a lot of guys that are afraid to play with me because they think all I do is SM. They don't know. There's more to you. Yeah. And can you engage in SM play without? taking it to some extreme. Oh point. yeah. I, I play with a lot of, a lot of new guys who are uh, brave enough to, to try. Mm-hmm. And I assure them, and that gets probably to one of the topics you'll, you want yeah. to talk about, mm-hmm. about seducing further consent, but I assure them, I know how to guide them through a process and we may not go as far as everybody thinks I will go, right. but we will probably go further than they thought they could go. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm really curious. Your kinky beginnings. When did it start for you? I've, I've talked about on the pod- podcast before that I remember as a kid watching Robert Conrad and Wild Wild West, and I know that got me going. Do you, right. do you have a memory like that or where it started? I was probably older. It, it, it had a lot to do with, uh, being in Philadelphia after I, well, no, actually I, I tried to go to leather bars. I went to leather bars in DC. I have been to four locations of the DC Eagle. That's how old I am. <laughs> um, most people have been to three. I've been to four. I always tried to go to places where I could find SM, but I didn't find it. I, I was drinking a lot and it got in the way of hooking up with a guy who knew what he was doing. So it wasn't until years, not years later, but early 90s, where I was together enough to present myself to get actually beat. So it took me a while to get there, but I'm, you know, I'm Catholic. So hearing the 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 story of the crucifixion sort of turned me on, you know, it was, yeah, it was fucked up. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so you you got into the kink scene, the leather scene, and you ran for and won the title of Mister Leather New York. Right. What was your motivation to run for a title? Because I've I've thought about it over the years, but I haven't. Well, I ran for it twice. Um, of course, didn't win the first time. You don't run a second time if you win the first time. Basically, you remember Fred Katz? Yes. Fred's partner was Henry Romanowski, and Henry was the epitome of what i thought a leather man should be he was just amazing his entire back was scars it was just all scars from the single tail and i wanted to be like henry henry was the first mr leather new york and i turned out to be i was the last uh, mr leather new york and so my goal wasn't um, when i ran for mr leather new york it was to mr leather new york it was not to go to IML, it was not to win IML. It was about New York. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be like Henry. So you said he was the first? He was the first. Yeah, Mr. Leather, New York. And, and you were the last? They, I was the last. Yeah, they, you know how politics, somebody had the title. They wouldn't give it up. You know, they wouldn't let people use it anymore. It was that oh. kind of like they had registered the name with the city and they lost the title. Wow, that's just shocking to me. I did not know. No, that, that kind of bullshit happens all the time. Oh, all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, you did win IML as well. Mm-hmm. On a scale of one to ten, how confident were you that you were going to win that? I only had like maybe four weeks. I always say three weeks, but it was probably closer to four weeks between Mr. Leather, New York, and Chicago. Mm, that's fast. So there was not a lot of time. And uh, my buddy, John Weiss, we were involved in GMSMA together. He came over to help me get ready. And basically, it was not about, oh, this title or that title. It was about concepts. And like the Spanner case was a big deal then. And there are these great people in upstate New York, the Houghtons, and all this SM like politics, how it interacted with the government. Um, that I had to be really sharp and aware of. Mm-hmm. And uh, so John was helping me with that. And I knew it all because we we worked together on Team SMA, so it was all second nature to me. John was... Uh, and can you can you say what GMSMA is? Oh, for- a gay male SM activist, which is now defunct. 
but uh, it was a, an organization that was mostly educational, not really fraternal uh, in New York City uh, that t- basically focused on SM education. Mm-hmm. So John was helping me get ready. And at one point he said to me, do you want to win? I'm not going to win. New York never wins. And he's like, John said, hey, that's not an answer. Do you want to win IML? And I was like, "Um, I need to talk to my partner. And he's like, okay. I said, because I do. I don't know if he wants me to. He's like, okay. He said, but just know this. If you want to win, you can win. And I never really thought about that before. I had always, I always went for second, like vice president of student government. Like I never, I never did. And I thought, fuck it. You know, my partner's like, I will support you with whatever you want to do here. Joel, you met Joel, I'm sure. Um, And um, he's like, I will support you with whatever you want to do. I was like, okay, I want to win. He's like, then go to, (laughs) go to win. I was going (laughs) to say another word, but go to win. So from then I wanted to win. I still didn't think I would because New York and all. New York had never won, but um, I wanted to win. What would you say is the the biggest thing that impacted your win? I I think it was Tom Dumkowski, who was the chief judge at the time. I was there to sign up. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday before the contest. And he came up to me and he said, hey, um, I want you to tell me about men of discipline. Now, Joel, myself, and another Rob Heichel, who was competing as Mr. Lord, all been kicked out of MOD a couple weeks before because we felt very strongly that we should have elections, and they felt very strongly it's a military uh, organization, paramilitary organization. They should appoint the leaders, which I thought would be a bad idea. Uh, it turns out it probably was. But anyway, um, so Tom said, well, you can either tell me now or you can tell me in front of all the judges. And I said, um, can you turn your name tag around? Because <laughs> I didn't know who I was talking to. And he turns his name, because I wasn't hooked into the contest circuit or any of that. He turns his name around and I read his name and I recognize it. And then it said head judge. And I was like, fuck, I have to tell you, but I can't tell you in here because I don't want anyone else to hear it. And I need you to promise you won't repeat what I tell you. And... Uh, He's like, okay. So we left the room. I went out and I explained to him what had happened and uh, that I really supported the concept of this club. Young men needed a a new kind of uh, kink SM club and MOD was definitely a new kind of club. I think he respected me for wanting MOD to succeed, even though they had kicked us out. I still thought it was important that the organization flourish. So then... During the judging, they had Marcus's questions. And like one of the questions was positive, negative, or unsure. No rapid fire answers. I said, I am HIV positive. And they all went, oh my God, oh my God, that's not what we're asking. And I'm like, well, then that's a stupid set of questions because it's 1996 and positive, negative, or unsure to gay men means HIV. So I am HIV positive. Boom. Then they asked me some other stupid questions. And then they said, and Tom the whole time is sitting there smiling. And then they said, Lloyd Weber or Sondheim? And I was like, you're fucking kidding me. Of course, Sondheim. Of course, he's one, literally, he is one of us. He was one of the funders of GMSMA when it started, for God's sake. 
And I said, I can't believe you would even put that in. And, and Tom's just like, okay, keep going. Wow. <laughs> like, Tom is loving me. Well, then uh, Larry Everett, who was IML before me, said, Joe, you work at Simplicity Pattern, which is where I worked in New York, the home sewing company. He's like, and you were at my step down last night. What dress would you have picked for me from the Simplicity catalog? And I said, Larry, you're clearly familiar with our catalog. So, you know, none of our dresses would accent the fine, slender bones of your back. (laughs) (laughs) And, And Tom was like, poked Larry. He said, you feel that? That's the fork. You're done. So I think, I think other judges got a sense that I wasn't fake, that I was real, that I, that I knew Sondheim's, you know, was the same as us, that, you know, I was proud of, not proud, but I was out about being HIV positive. And I think they respected it. They were also a big crew of kinky players. There was a lot of SM players on that judging board. Uh, so that helped me a lot. Yeah. And then we were all on the stage before we got introduced. And then you had to go back and they would introduce you and you would come out and the crowd would roar. Right. So I was number 42. So I got to see the crowd wanted to love the contestants and they would say contestant number seven from wherever so-and-so and the crowd would go, yay. And the guy would wave real gently. Like mm. I'm afraid of you. And then the crowd would get quiet. And I was like, oh my God, they need, they need you to love them back. Right. Nobody was loving them back. So by the time I got out there, they're like, from New York City, Joe Gallagher. And the crowd went, yeah. And I went, yeah. And the crowd went, oh my God. And <laughs> nobody had seen my back tattoo. Nobody had seen it. So, and that year we had a walk into the audience and there was no Saturday night. It was just Sunday night. It was just the contest. And we had a walk into the audience and turn around. So I walked out with all the juice and happiness of my muscles. And I turned around and I put my hands in the air and went, boom. And I was shirtless with just bare ass tapped. And they saw my tattoo and it was fucking over. And I just looked at all the contestants like, y'all can go home now. It's I, it's mine. So you don't see it, but the gold thing is in my hands. Cool. So, so that's really that's when I knew I was probably going to win. That's great. Um, and I'm just going to come clean. I did not know that about Sondheim. I just, you know, if a choice between Andrew Lloyd Webber and Sondheim, of course it's Sondheim. <laughs> of course it's Sondheim. But literally, he was picky. Like he lived next door to Catherine. Uh, what was her name? The Philadelphia Story. What's her name? Anyway. Uh, and he lived next door to her on 49th Street, and she fucking hated all the noise from his dungeon in the basement. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, I'm glad we got this recorded. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about why I first thought of you for this interview, the topic that I had in mind, and then you mm-hmm. and then you came into my mind. Um, I've always been intrigued by that notion or that that line that always gets thrown around that the bottom is in control. And I wanted to explore with somebody, you know, if that's the case, then how does a dom manage to feel like a dom and, and feel like they have control if, if that's, if that's the case. And then I remember that you had done a fear play workshop at claw last year. 
And unfortunately I didn't get to go to it. I really wanted to. And I thought talking about that fear play might kind of address some of that. And you clarified for me that fear play was kind of a misnomer. And what did you tell me? How did you clarify that? Well, basically the, the, the program I do is called seducing further consent. And I think we like to oversimplify things by saying the bottom's in control. Well, yeah, yeah. So it's the top. Like none of what we do happens without the magic of the bottom's um, surrender and, and, and being seduced, allowing himself to be seduced and allowing himself to uh, face his fears and allowing himself to, uh, especially with SM that's intense. Like they really have to face their fears, and it. When I was bottoming, it was it was the best part of it for me because I was a I was a fucking little last pick for everything. You know, I was the kid that didn't fit in. I was just a mess, and um, what saved me was Boy Scouts. You know, and I was an Eagle Scout in eighth grade. <laughs> Not the end of eighth grade, <laughs> December of eighth grade. I really had to wait the time before they could give me the award because I had gotten it so soon. Um, so I, I, my father was really insistent. You don't have to play sports. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but you need to do something and you need to be exceptional. And I knew I could be exceptional with Boy Scouts. And so I faced my fear and I did it. Well, the same thing applies to SM. Especially when I was new, I, I would play with Hammer or Fred or any of these guys who were in tons of Zeus videos. Uh, I had the luck of living in New York where they lived. And um, it's scary as fuck. You know, it's scary as fuck to present yourself to something that, well, I think this is what's going to happen and I think I can handle it. But I'm going to think I can't handle it while it's happening. I'm going to be afraid I will call it when it's happening. I will be, uh, I will have to look at myself and say, you can do this. I know you can do this. Just fucking give it. That's my favorite part of bottoming. It's like, I can fucking do this, you know? And um, it, it changed me, like irrevocably changed me. Facing that and being that and owning that and showing up for that made me really much more confident in myself. I, I probably took it a little bit too far and I've developed a lot of characteristics that were not. And IML didn't help any of this. Um, I developed characteristics where I was a little cocky. I was a bit of an asshole. I think I'm much better with it now. I've worked really hard to put a lot of that down. And what I try to do now is... Well, now when I bottom it to a fist, rarely I, I got whipped 2019 because uh, I needed to let something go. But um, now I've gotten into fisting about a year ago and it's been just like, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, I can. go ahead. All right. Where are we? Okay. Knuckles. Okay. Tell me when you get the thumb. Okay. Boom. Now I can go. You know, like it's the same not wanting to fail to face my fear and, and move through it uh, that I want to give the boys who I play with. And so seducing further consent is being there with them. They can call it at any time, right? If you can call it at any time, you're safe. 
but I'm going to talk you into not calling it. I'm going to seduce you. I'm going to touch you and say, you're strong. When I tell you to say it, I want you to say, I am strong. Because once a boy says, I am strong, they can take whatever's coming for at least five lashes. It's fucking amazing. Say it. I am strong. I mean, it's fucking brilliant. And it works. With most boys who are like I was, it works. It doesn't work for every boy because a lot of boys aren't there yet. But boys who are ready to uh, ready to grab their own heart and, and show up, it works beautifully. They all fucking succeed. I get that. My thing is getting flogged. And I did a podcast episode where I talked to the, the last guy who flogged me, which was at Claw in the dungeon right. there. Okay. I think I might have seen you that night. And I, I, I saw you a bunch that weekend. So, yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> um, but that was a really intense flogging. And when I go into a scene like that, especially with someone you've never played with before, right. you do have these thoughts about what if I can't do it? What if I can't do it? Uh, <laughs> but once those restraints go on me, I'm like, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> Watch this. Watch this fucker. That's when I start banging the cross. And you know, that's, that's why, you know, yeah. 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 I mean, that's, that's it. Yeah. So I feel like we're flirting here. Do you feel that? Okay. We're sort of flirting here. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I hear that seducing consent at a point in a scene where they've already gone far, but what about seducing consent in the beginning negotiation? Does that, is that part of it? Well, yes, it is. Um, and I have, I'm very lucky that way because I'm well known. Like if you're going to play in a dungeon and you say to your friends, oh, Joe Gallagher is going to flog me. They're going to be like, okay, he's going to push you, but you can fucking handle it. He will pay attention. He's not just going to flog you. He's going to flog you. He's going to pay attention to you. He's going to know where you are. He knows how to take it. And so he knows how to give it to you. And um, basically um, that helps a lot that uh, I'm known for that. So it doesn't work for a lot of guys seducing further consent because they have no idea who this new guy is. But luckily for me, being uh, being a name people recognize, they also know I'm probably not going to chop them up. Like, you know, it's like they're, they're only going to go as far as we talked about. And then a tiny bit further, I'm like, well, where you talked about, can you do more? Yes, sir. Boom. You can call me daddy now. Yes, daddy. <laughs> and then they melt. You know, it's delightful. Now I want you to flog me. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to have a scene. You know that, right? I would never have said that before. Never. <laughs> never. <laughs> okay. I, I, yeah, we've been flirting since we, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You're going to do it? Are you going to? Absolutely. Do it? Oh, my God. Okay. Nugget. I've wanted you for 20 some years. Jeez. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh my God. No. Anyway, we can take this okay. out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Take this <laughs> offline. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what are we talking about? Anything else you want to say about that? Seducing consent is what I'm aiming for for them. And I basically, 
mostly do it if it's more intense than what the boy's done in the past. But seducing consent for me, uh, it all comes from Joseph Bean's book, Flogging. So if you want the real concept of where seducing consent came from, it's, it's in the book, Flogging. He literally says seducing consent, further consent. And I had a scene with Fred at the very first Delta, which was a long fucking time ago. I think it was 1995. It was very close to where I grew up in Pennsylvania. I was getting belted all over, mostly my legs, but everywhere. I don't remember where I got hit. It was more intense than anything I'd ever experienced before. And at some point, I'm in this place where my body is just existing to feel pain in a certain spot, but I, I don't exist otherwise. And I hear this fucking blood curdling scream of some guy. I'm like, wow, he must be. Oh, oh my God, that's me. But I heard the scream and I recognized it was like the most intense SM scream. And then I realized it was my own scream. And I was like, yeah, look, <laughs> let's do this again. <laughs> and that's what I want for the boys I play with where they're like, I was out of my body and I heard myself scream. Yeah, daddy, do that again. I'm going to share something with you. When I go into a scene as a bottom and I'm going to be flogged, I have, you know, I might have fear, especially with a new, you know, a new dom. I have this goal in my head. I'm going to wear him out. Well, with flogging, you could wear me out because I'm 61. And like, <laughs> eventually, like, once I go to the cat, once I've moved to the cat of nine tails, you're going to know oh, he's tired. <laughs> he's feeling, he's feeling all 61 of his years right now. Now I have not had that. Oh my God. They're amazing. This was a, a I, I'll call it a cat for lack of a, it's, it's a cat. And I was with Guy Baldwin. I think it was in Atlanta and somebody had these gorgeous cats, gorgeous. And he picked up one. And he's like, put this in your hand. And I held it. And the, this cat is not a hard handle, but it's a shot lined handle, like a whip. And then it ends and all the tails are tied to it. It's, it's fucking beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful things you've ever seen in a dungeon. And I just held it and it, it moves like just musically almost. It's just everything's so fluid about it. It's fucking beautiful, beautiful whip. I touched it and I was like, oh yeah, this is mine. And I, it was probably way more than I should have spent. And I, I would have bought three if I had known how important it would be to me. It was fucking beautiful. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. It, every time I pack it in my checked bag, she can't really take that stuff and carry on. I just, please show up at the end. Like, I can't lose you. Mm, well, yeah. I have a lot of fear around single tails. Well, single tail suspect, yeah, and you should. I mean, like, when I have been whipped with a single tail, it's it's the searing hot pain of either the, the slash or the ball where the cracker hits at your skin and you get a little divot. Uh, one of those searing hot pain, and then it relaxes for a second, then it comes back, and it's sort of it's sort of like an on off. It hurts, doesn't hurt, it hurts, it doesn't hurt, it hurts. And then you're getting hit again, and that hurts, doesn't hurt, but at a different rhythm from the other one. And then you get hit again. And, and so suddenly your back is singing. 
it's singing. It's like, it's music. It's, it's pain in a way. I never felt pain. Well, actually better pain than pancreatitis. That's the worst pain I've ever had. <laughs> way better pain than that. But it's not like pain I enjoy. It's a chance to fucking prove myself. And uh, at the last time I got whipped was at a, a boot camp in 2019. So it's been a little while. And it was a guy who never whipped anyone before. And I lent him a whip like a year before. I'm like, you need to fucking learn how to use this because you're going to whip me at boot camp next year. <laughs> He's like, what mm-hmm. if I'm not ready? I'm like, you better fucking be ready or I will destroy you. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why people are afraid of you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but he did it. He fucking showed up. He's and besides the fact, he's this big, fucking sexy, beautiful man, sweet, big heart, lovely guy. And he did it, but he kept hitting me with the fall. And I'm like, hit me with the cracker, which is the point. Like, mm-hmm. And somebody came over. They're like, Joe, you're yelling at the man who's whipping you. I'm like, <laughs> I fucking know that. <laughs> This works for me, okay. <laughs> so, and he hit me with a lot with the cracker. He got a lot of cracker in, which was good. Might you use that on me? It would depend. I will. I will seduce you with it. I will show it to you, and you will feel it, and you'll be like, "Oh, that's my whips are fucking sexy." Like, <laughs> I, I probably bought twelve whips. I used three. Cause they're so fucking hot. They just, ah, like, and the one, my favorite is the longest. It's a lot of fall, but it's fucking, it just, it's like a snake. It's like a black snake. It's just fuck, beautiful. So yeah, but, and we will talk about that for a long time. And then once it happens, we will come back and talk about it on your show. Okay. Cause I think that'll be fucking fascinating. Awesome. I'm sure my listeners will be anxious to hear about it. I'll make you wear a white jockstrap so the blood catches there. Okay. You're like, oh, God, what have I done? (laughs) No, I'm checking airfares to San Francisco. Um, Okay. Anything else that you want to share in the show? Or even um, you have a just for fans? I do. Bruiser Triple X. Bruiser triple X. So uh, it's, it's a lot of fisting. I got into fisting last year mm-hmm. and let's talk about fisting. Cause it okay. literally changed everything for me. It's, I can't believe how different I am than before. I, I mean, I topped in fisting all the time, probably not very well. I think I was okay, but I'm much better now that I know what it feels like. It has changed so much about how I view sex. First of all, I'm 60. So like, it's one and done. Like I get like 15, 20 minutes. If I don't shoot, it's we're done. Yeah. I'll keep fucking you, but I'm not coming. It won't happen. But with fisting, the pleasure can just roll. It just keeps going Hmm. and it just keeps going. And um, I'm at a point now where like I can fist and then get fisted and, and, where I can fuck and then fist and then get fisted and then get fucked. And I'm fine the whole way. It used to be, Oh, I can't get fucked after I come now. It's like, yeah, whatever. Go ahead. My whole body is just more relaxed into who I am, which I learned. You have to learn 
with this thing. You have to learn to relax. You have to learn to let your body be. You know, when someone's putting their hand in, there's the four knuckles, and then there's the bottom knuckle of the thumb. And that everybody thinks the four knuckles is the challenge, but it's the bottom knuckle of the thumb that's the challenge. Because once you get over that, then it's downhill. Mm-hmm. So that's what I tell uh, guys when I'm bottoming. It's like, I just need to know when you get to the knuckles. And then when you get to the this knuckle, this thumb, bottom thumb knuckle. And if they don't tell me, it's almost always a harder scene for me. Because I just, if I know where I am, ah, I can relax my whole and their hand will go right in. How did it change you by bottoming? I don't know. It's like magic. Hmm. Like I've literally had people say, Oh my God, you're so much nicer now. (laughs) (laughs) And you're so much more relaxed and you're this and you're that. I'm like, Oh my God. It's all since Hmm. I took a fist. It has been literally a transformative journey. It's made me more patient. It's made me less about just physically what the guy is looking like and more about who he is and all of him. So it's really different. Like what I find sexy is completely different than what I used to find sexy. You are, you still fit in what I used to find sexy. Hot nugget. I mean, you, you got it all, but yeah, it's, um, and I still find that sexy, but I'm much more open to other mm-hmm. stuff and it's much more relaxed. And fisting is another one of those things where I've said, I'll never do that. Right. It's coming. (laughs) Trust me. Like do it when you're 60. It's delightful. Well, that's only a a year away. (laughs) Hello. Start buying your toys now. Okay. It is fucking lovely. I cannot, I literally cannot recommend it highly enough, but you gotta, you gotta learn with somebody who's willing to take the time to help you relax. And my, my boy and I, uh, he's not my boy anymore, but we're, we're buddies. It took about eight months to get my fist in him, maybe less, maybe six. And then two weeks later, he's like, I want to fist you. And I was like, okay. And he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, it just seems awesome what you go through for this. So yeah, let's start. And that was in mid-January of 2021. And I started taking I started getting his fist in, in April and May, but it wasn't it wasn't a good experience. But by July, it was. It was an awesome experience. Like at the beginning, it was just, it just was hard. But then by July, it was like, yeah, fuck. Feeling that slide from thumb knuckle down. It's like, ah. And then you're just for fans. Are we going to see you in both roles? Oh, yeah. Topping and bottom. Yeah, I'm totally versed. And people are like, oh my God, you let people see you get fisted. I'm like, maybe content is hard to make. (laughs) (laughs) I don't take it seriously. I swear I'm doing it because I'm playing with guys I would never hook up with otherwise. Mm. And it's so much fun. I'm having a fucking ball. That's great. Well, Joe, I picked the right guy for this podcast. Oh, good. Good. And we got to flirt. This is yeah. lovely. <laughs> yeah. And and you're going to seduce me. Well, you, I think I, you well, already I have. Mentioned, I've started. I've started. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of working. Yeah. The fact uh, that you're even considering it, it's delightful. All right. Well, Joe Gallagher, thank you for being on Sexual Heroes today. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much, Robert.
Information about each guest is included in the show notes, along with links to my XXX homepage, Twitter account, and Patreon page. Patrons get early access to episodes. You can help me grow my audience by telling a friend today to visit sexualheroes.com. And be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you.